Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. Hey everybody, it's Stefan for call number four of module two, which is call number eight of the program. So I um, hope you guys are all doing great. Um, <clears throat> a couple things I wanted to address before we get into uh, you know, the, the, the live healing work. Just a couple things. Um, there, and also I want to you know, um, be available for questions before we get into other things as well. So if at any point along the way, if you have some question you're wanting to ask, uh, just on your own or, or a question about something I'm saying right now, then uh, you know, press star 8 if you're on the phone or just go ahead and start typing your chat messages in four-line chunks um, you know, in the chat box. So in any case, there's a couple things that I wanted to go over. Um, one is how to address a really common situation where you know, you're either working on your own or you're working with your partner and you do not have any clear memories to work with, you know, about the thing you're trying to address. Uh, that's really common in a one of two, for one of two reasons. One reason is, could be because it happens so many times that it's just all blended together and none of them stand out individually anymore. So that can happen. Uh, the other reason why that can happen when you don't have any clear memories is just because uh, there's a part of you that doesn't really want to remember. You know, so you're sort of kind of blocking it out emotionally and subconsciously. So you, you know, there's another part of you that does want to re- that does want to remember because you're, um, you know, you're trying to heal it, but the subconscious part really doesn't want to go there and doesn't. Re- and so we'll tend to not remember the specific details. But that does not have to be a problem. There is a way to do that, and I actually describe it in an article on my EFTalive.com website, and it's also available in the membership area. So if you log into the membership site, you'll see it there as well. Uh, they're basically the same. I just copied one to the other. So it's probably easier just to go to EFTalive.com and go to the articles page, and you'll see it there. But I'm going to give you like a quickie version just right here in the call, and then you can read the article to kind of solidify it because it's a, it's a very common situation. So basically, the way you you work with that kind of thing is that even though you cannot remember any specific memories, you can usually remember the general scenario. You can remember the kind of thing that happened. And in particular, you want to be tuning into sort of the tone of voice and facial expression and, and kind of emotional energy of the person in the memory. So if it's something with your mom, say, you know, Whatever thing it is, uh, the general scenario includes, you know, the sort of look on her face, the look she's giving you, her tone of voice, the emotion coming from her, which could be anger or irritation or some kind of rejecting thing or, or whatever it is. You can usually get in touch with that. 
So you take a, a moment to get in touch with that. So I call it the scenario rather than a memory. And then once you're in touch with a scenario, you then just go back to getting in touch with being a young age. And it's somewhat arbitrary. I tend to like using somewhere in the five, six, seven-year-old range. So I'll just invite the person to say, okay, just remember being five, say. You know, remember being in kindergarten. Remember what your bedroom is like, what your house was like when you were five. And once, you have a, once you're in touch with being five, now go back to that scenario. And in a sense, you're, you're almost, it's almost like you're constructing a memory, but really you're just kind of dealing with the scenario that happened many times, but, at, but from the perspective of, the, of being young. Because you know, that's when it impacted you and created your life issues. So you just want to go back to being that age, and then you go from there and just work with it that way. So that's the basic method. And like I say, you can read the article uh, at uh, EFTAlive.com on the articles page that talks about that. And let's see if I can give you the exact title of that article. It is, let's see, how to apply EFT tapping therapy when there are no clear specific memories related to an issue. Nice, good, long <laughs> title there. So anyway, there's that. The other thing I want to bring up is uh, the exciting news by Anna that she's met this really cool guy. And the reason I want to bring it up is I, I want to bring up uh, something that's what, something really great about it and just a, a, a cautionary aspect of it that I'd like to uh, bring up partially for Anna's sake and just for all of our sake because it's not uncommon that people in the program will meet somebody before the end of the program. You know, I, I encourage people to try not to date until, you know, at least module four or five. But, um, you know, but sometimes it happens, just like it did for Anna. And, you know, if the person is really great, you know, it's hard to just kind of walk, you know, <laughs> kind of push push it aside. Go, oh, sorry, can't date you yet. I'm not available. So it can, it can be fine to go forward. And uh, it can be not just fine, but wonderful and exciting and, and, and so, you know, encouraging, and including for the others. I noticed how a lot of people responded to Anna's posts saying, you know, I'm so happy for you and it's encouraging and gives me hope and things like that. So it can be uh, this wonderful thing. And this guy could very well be the one. He could be Anna's ideal partner and, and, and this is it, right? Um, it's, it's also possible it's not the one, though it's, you can already tell, Anna can already tell that it's, you know, he's way better than her past partners. So at the very, very least, he's already way better than past partners, and he could also be the one. And it's, you know, it's just a little too soon to know yet. But here's the one thing you have to watch out for, and this is why I'm bringing this up. Sometimes, uh, or I should say actually it's often the case, when you meet somebody who seems really good, then it's very easy to get to a place of being afraid of losing the person. And because it's good, right? Now, it may or may not be right, and you don't, we don't know yet if it is because it's too soon. It's encouraging. It's hopeful. It's, it seems like there's some really great potential here, but we don't know yet. And the one danger zone is, like I say, is that you can get into a place of being afraid to lose the relationship. And that fear of losing the relationship can interfere with the healing process and the growth processes because – when we're doing our healing and you know working through our issues and things like that, 
we have to, it's all about being courageous to be ourselves, if you think about it, right? So we're trying to remove the blocks to being ourselves. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what the whole thing is about. I mean, the first module is about stopping and attracting the wrong people. But from that point forward, after that module one, then all the rest is about being our true selves, being courageous enough to be our true selves. And in the earliest honeymoon phase, that doesn't feel like as much of a problem because we're just so excited about how great it feels to be with the person. But pretty soon we can get to a point where we can become aware of holding ourselves back out of fear of messing it up, right, losing the person or whatever. And that kind of thing can interfere with our, our healing process and our growth. So for Anna and for anybody else who does get involved, that's the one thing you've got to watch out for. So it's really, really, really important to hold your healing as your number one priority, even if you're with somebody and you're really excited about that person. If it starts to interfere with your healing process, then it can kind of sabotage the whole thing we're doing here. So, And if this is the right person, if it truly is the right person, then courageously being yourself is going to work fine. It's going to be good. But that's where the fear can come in. It's like, well, I, I don't know how I'll be received if I'm being more fully myself, and I'm working on being more fully myself, but if I'm afraid of how I'll be received because in the past bad things happened or whatever, I might be afraid to be myself with this new partner. So, And like I say, that's the thing that can interfere with the continuing growth and healing and things like that. So, so I don't want to keep repeating it over and over again, but you know, it's wonderful, it's exciting, and that's the one danger zone we've got to really look out for. So, so anyway, I'm very happy for Anna. Um, and uh, and for any of the rest of you who start meeting people, um, and just you know hold your growth as sacred, and be courageous enough. I'll just say it one last time: be courageous enough to keep stepping into being more and more yourself, and let the chips fall where they may. If it's the right person, that will strengthen your relationship. That'll make it even better. If the person reacts badly to a number of different things about being yourself, then it's not really the right person, and you're going to find somebody even better. And that would just mean that this person was a big improvement over the past and part of your upward trend, uh, but just wasn't the final person. And that's okay, as long as you're willing for that to be okay. So hold your growth and healing as sacred and, you know, keep working on being yourself. And if he's the right person or she's the right person, it will, that will go great. All right. Um, the other last thing I want to say before I entertain questions, though you're all, you know, welcome to raise your hands in advance, using star eight, um, is that even though we are reaching the end of module two, oh my God, um, I still don't necessarily expect anybody to be done with module one yet. Okay, module one is, is challenging, and or module two even. You know, we I split up the program into these modules just so that I can keep introducing more material. But I really don't want anybody to feel bad. I keep repeating this over and over again, but it's, it needs to be repeated. That I don't want anybody to feel bad that they're not done with Module 1 yet. You know, you can keep doing Module 1 for, you know, the whole first half of the program or more. You know, through Modules 1, 2, and 3, you can keep working on Module 1. And same with Module 2. Module 2, you'll be continuing to work through that for the, for the rest of the program. In the past, Modules 1 and 2 were all I did, right, my original... 
I mean, plus some law of attraction stuff, but the main work was just module one and two. And I've now added more modules, but the, it still remains the, true that modules one and two are the most important modules of the program. And you'll probably continue working on those modules throughout the majority of the program, throughout most of the five months. So if you're not done with them yet, that's really fine. It's, it's to be expected. It's okay. So like next week, we're going to be starting Module 3, which is about breaking the ties from the past, uh, specifically helping us resolve um, past relationships where there's still some attachment, either pain attachment or love attachment. And, it'll be, and, and even that will actually still be working Module 1 at the same time. Because lots of times the pain that we experienced in our past relationships that we need to work through are Module 1 pains. It's from being with the wrong person, being you know, with somebody who had the same negative trait as our parent. So as we work on the pain of, of that relationship, what, we're usually, what we, is usually the case is we're working on the pain of that parent's negative trait at the same time. Because that was usually what was painful about that relationship. So in Module 3, you'll still be working on Module 1, basically. So anyway, I just don't want anybody to feel bad about where you're at in the program. Everybody is, is progressing at the right rate for them, and everybody's making progress. So I want everybody to feel good about you know, what's happening for you rather than you know, feeling frustrated or disappointing yourself that you're not done with Module 1 yet or Module 2 yet or something like that. So anyway... Um, that's it for now. So we're um, so now. If anybody has any questions, star eight, and we have our first question already. And if, any, if anybody else has a question, go ahead and press star eight. It, it keeps track of the order that people raise their hand. So um, you know, go ahead and raise your hand. So who is this? Hi, Stefan. This is Sandra. Hey, Sandra. Hey. Um. So I. I have a question, although I, I feel, you know, it's probably been raised and I know we've, we've dealt with it too, but I'm, I think I'm still looking to see what I can do to really knock this down. And it, it, it's this just ongoing, um, you know, I recognize it's self-sabotage and all of that, but it's just this ongoing little thing that goes on in my head that's like, this isn't really going to work. I haven't yeah. made it far enough. Um I'm confused about what to tap on today. It's it's just this little voice, it's, and it's there. And I'm still, you know, as we talked, I'm I'm trying to now do two deep healing a week and stay focused. And I do feel better from our call. Um, but it's there, and I know it's just going to keep staying there. And I'm just wondering, is there something that I could tap on specifically to try to kind of abate that a little bit so that I can um, yeah. Yeah. Stay focused and not have it, it because it's just it's constant. It's like a little. It's like it's like all the other things that go on in my head about you know you're not good enough. You have to be perfect. You're going to yeah. be rejected. It's not okay. You're not okay. It's, and it's part of that. And I realize what it is, but I'm uh -huh. having a hard time controlling it. <laughs> or I don't know what the right word is. Just yeah, I hear you. So, okay. So um, yeah. So let me ask you answer your question there. And you actually reminded me of something else I forgot to mention, so I'll, come to, I'll include that in my answer. Um, so just for everybody, uh, for anybody who wasn't, didn't read Sandra's uh, post on Facebook, basically what Sandra got in touch with was that 
she was kind of avoiding doing as much tapping as she could because there was a part of her from her childhood wounds of of feeling like she had to do things perfectly. That was a that was the wound with her parents that, I, you know, it's like I have to do it perfectly, and even then, it's never perfect. It's never enough. You know, I'm not I'm not doing it well enough um, to get their love, right? And there's going to be a lot of people in the group who can relate to that because it's a pretty common experience to feel like you know whatever I'm doing, it's not enough, right? It's either I'm not doing it right or or well enough, or perfectly enough, or I'm just not giving enough, or I'm not, I'm just not enough, right? There's just this feeling of I'm not enough. So with Sandra's, you know, it's, it's a bit more specific around having to be perfect and doing things right and things like that. And so it's interfered with you, with your tapping, because as you're trying to tap, you get this really strong fear and surge of feeling of, oh, I, I don't know if I'm doing this right, I'm not sure how to do it. And there's going to be a discomfort in your life of trying to do things that you're not crystal clear about because that's going to bring up the fear of not doing it right. And so, you know, we uncovered that in our session and we did some work on that. Um, But sometimes it takes more than one session to fully heal that. So the first thing you can do is to continue to tap on that very thing is the experience of, you know, the fear of not doing it right um, both, in, you can do it with doing more memories around that, like what we did together, um, or you can use another method, which is the thing I forgot to talk about. Uh, and I, so I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But I think it's really good to do that. And you can also tap on your fear that this is just not going to work for you. Um, that's something that, uh, from my childhood, I had this feeling that there's no help for me. And every single new technique I ever learned you know, this happened with, with EMDR, it happened with EFT, it happened with ask and receive. It's like every single time I learn a new technique, that was, that's called a blocking belief, and it would come up. Yeah, I have exactly that. That's exactly every therapy I've tried, including this. I mean, everything. I have it every single time. Right. And, and then I move so, on to a new technique. You know, so this is what I've learned. <laughs> so this is what I've learned I've had to do. Every time I learn a new technique, I run into it again. So there's this blocking belief that, this wonderful technique is going, to, is, is going to be great for everybody else but me. It's not going to mm-hmm. work for me because, of course, there's no help for me, right, for my childhood. Right. And so what I would do is I would actually use that new technique to address that blocking belief again. And I don't know why I can't seem to put that one to rest because I have to redo it every single goddamn time I learn a new technique. It's like, oh, yeah, there it is again. And yet, ironically, or kind of amusedly, I can successfully use this new technique to address that blocking belief. So I just start there every time I learn a new technique. Going, All right, let's just, just jump to the chase and just do it. So I recommend you do that. Tap on the fear that it's not going to help me. Okay, with you, you know, on your own or with your partner. And the way it would usually work is I would tap on it uh, on just the fear itself that there's no help for me or in your case it's not going to work for me. And I would keep doing it until after a while, as it felt better, I would start... Um, bringing in some positive stuff about, you know, ways that that other things have helped me. It's not true that there's no help for me, you know. So you can you can look at for, look think of examples in your life where things did help you, rather than it's not going to work, it's not going to help. And so these counterexamples would also would often help until I felt more relaxed about it, more open, and and then it all worked. So that's another thing you can do. Does that make sense? 
Yes, I think so. So you're saying you do you do the setup that even though and then you tap around. Great, it's not going to work for me. Right, and or it's then, not going to help yeah. me. Okay, and then eventually you just kind of say, well, maybe it will work for me, or or it has worked for me because you know I bought a house in November, or it has worked for me because my son and I are doing a little bit better or something like right. that. Is that what you mean? Okay. Think of all the examples where either it's already helped or something else has helped in the past. Okay. It's a broad belief. It's not just that EFT won't help or this program won't help. It's kind of like there's no help for me or things don't work for me. And it's not true, um, but the issue is there from childhood, and so we tap on it to relieve some of the, you know, relieve the intensity around it, to decharge it, and then we solidify it by just thinking of all these examples where something did help, did work either with EFT and this program specifically or just other stuff in general, and then you become more open again. Now, we already know that this program has helped you. You, you gave examples in the last call last week. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can go back to those, but don't start there. Start by just tapping on the fear. Okay. All right? So, and then the, th- the final thing about, you know, I don't know what to tap on. The thing I did for the gold members you know, in our first intake call, is I, you know, we did a whole family history, and then I emailed you the results, including what I call the healing path, which is a list of things to tap on. And, you know, you're one of the gold people, so you had that list. So if you're ever wondering what to tap on, just look at that list and go, oh, yeah, I haven't addressed this yet. Or as you reread the list, kind of check in with yourself, like rate them all on zero to ten scale and go, okay, how much, is this, how much does this still feel like a problem for me? Um, and also, in particular, which ones of these are the ones that have come up the most in my relationships? And those are the ones you want to focus on and tackle the most and really try and get it down. You're better off completely resolving one than just chipping away at all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's true for everybody. If you think about, you know, ideally what you'd be doing, and I mentioned this before, is that if you think about you know, your whole relationship history for the silver people who don't have the benefit of having, getting that list from me, if you think about you know, your adult relationships and you think about the negative traits of your parents and which, which of your negative tra- parents' negative traits showed up the most or were the biggest problem for you in your relationships, then those are the ones you want to tackle. And ideally, you pick the worst one, the single worst one, and just keep working on that one until it's done, until it's healed and you feel like, you know, I've got no charge left around this. And, it's, and so it's, at that point, it's not going to be an issue for you in any of your future relationships. And in fact, I would I would dare say that if you pick the top two, that may be all you need to do for module one, just two. For most people, that's all it takes. For me, that was what it was. I had two. I had one that I considered the worst because it was so dramatic and standard that stood out in my face, right? And then once I healed that one, then I noticed the second one. It's like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> this one too. Um, but once I addressed those two, you know that that was sufficient to really break me out of my negative attraction pattern stuff. And then it just became module two stuff for me. All right, what are the fears and limiting beliefs that are preventing me from being with my ideal partner? And and when you break out of those, I mean, I guess the follow-up I have is, is how do you really know, I mean, you use the word charge, but since I have charges on everything, I don't really know what that would feel like. How do you really know when there's no charge? Do you just stop thinking about it or having a thoughts? No, what you do is you, re- mm-hmm. you relive the memory, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you had, the negative trait was 
your parents' critical energy, right, mm-hmm. and never feeling good enough. So you think of memories where that happened. You bring it up. You relive it as vividly as you can. And is there still pain around that? Mm-hmm. Right? And if the answer is yes, then you're not done. If the answer is no, it's like, man, I can, you know, no matter what, how many examples I think of, I can't feel any more pain around it. It seems to be all gone. Then you know you're done. Okay. Now, another way to tell if you're done that's even more um, reinforcing, like to really get that, oh, wow, I really, really am done, is to use what I call their reference person. This is somebody who has that negative trait that you've been powerfully attracted to, even though you're, your mind goes, you know, no, no, I'm not going to you know, date that person. It would be bad. But you have this gut attraction to them anyway in spite of that. Um, that's a perfect uh, reference point or reference person to monitor how well you've broken out of that negative attraction pattern. Because if you have fully healed that negative attraction pattern, when you think about your reference person, you'll feel zero attraction to him or her. Okay. Uh, right? And in fact, you'll even tend to feel a bit of a yucky aversion, like, ugh. I can't even I can't even relate to ever being attracted to this person. Okay. When you get to zero in your reference person, you know you're done with that negative attraction pattern. That's a good reinforcing thing. That makes sense. I think so. Yeah. I'm gonna try to focus on that. Thank you. Try to focus on what? I'm gonna try to focus on these two techniques to see, you know, just to gauge where I am. Yeah. Yeah, so I encourage everybody to do that. You know, you if you have a reference person, that's the you know, the most surefire fire way of telling whether or not you've broken out of that negative attraction pattern. You just you just won't be attracted to the person anymore, but you'll feel done. Um the other one is the first one I said, not having any emotional reaction anymore. Um now this does bring me to the thing I forgot to talk about. And I'll just have you on the phone to kind of represent the group. Um and that is an e- I sent out an email last er, on the weekend um, about a new video I uploaded on uh, Sunday, and it's it's a 30-minute video where I teach everybody how to do something called the EFT choices method by Pat Carrington. Uh, I realized in my email that the email is a little was kind of low-key, and I want to be a lot stronger about it than the email was. The EFT choices method is a great technique, particularly for module two. And it's also really good for the kind of stuff that you were just dealing with. So the fear that it won't work or the feeling that you um, have to be perfect, that kind of stuff, you can really do some good work with the choices method. So I just want to tell people more about it. Have you watched the video yet? Um, I actually tried. Nell, my partner, suggested it yesterday, and I tried to find it, and I and I was probably in the wrong spot, so I didn't get to it. I found something else last night that I looked at. Okay. Um, my guess is is not that many people have watched it yet, and I want to change that. Um, it's a, a it's truly is a great technique. So here's the thing: it's it's really good at sh- more quickly shifting negative beliefs than regular tapping is. So, if you know, there's two ways to work on a negative belief. And, uh, you know, I gave everybody that that ebook that talks about that. Uh, I do not talk about the choices method in the ebook, but the two ways to shift negative beliefs are to try tapping on the belief directly 
And we gave a little variation of, you know, exaggerating and things like that. But that's still in the category of tapping on directly. Or, you know, heal memories that form that belief. So those are the two options you guys have had so far. But there's a third option. And the third option is to use the choices method. It's more in the first category of just tapping on the belief, but it's a more powerful way of doing that. So with the choices method, not only are you tapping on the negative belief statement, but you're also tapping on a positive alternative. So before you start doing the tapping rounds, um, you actually come up with two statements. In regular EFT, you just come up with one statement, you know, which is called the problem statement or the reminder phrase is the other way we call it. Right? So I mean, in this case, it's just simply the negative belief itself. Um, but in the choices method, you start with that, but you also bring up a alternative positive statement that you're trying to work towards instead of the negative belief. So it's like we're not just letting go of a negative belief, but we're trying to form a positive belief as an alternative to the negative belief, right? And the choices method uh, is a really effective way of doing that. Some people love the choices method so much when I introduce it to them that that's all they ever want to do <laughs> because they just really love how you're able to you know, bring in the positive right from the beginning. It's a, a structured, systematic way of effectively utilizing the positive uh, that's very different than what most people do when they try and use positive statements where they just kind of tap a few times on the negative and they just try and do positive affirmations after that. That does not work very well. But the choices method does. So it's, a, it's an effective way of incorporating positive statements in this very specific formula for doing it that I teach in this video. So um, it's going to be, it's also a really great method to help shift um, uh, us towards a new behavior. So module five, as we're working on our new desired dating behaviors, we're going to be using the choices method the whole time. Um, so I had that in mind all along for module five, and then I, I realized, like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. It's also good for module two for the negative beliefs. So that's why I upload it now rather than later. Um, so I just want to really strongly encourage people to watch that video as soon as possible. And you can start using it with your negative beliefs and all sorts of things. It's a really cool technique to use for a lot of stuff. Um, you still want to do deep healing on memories. Uh, but you can use the choice of method for everything else. So it's, it's quite cool. Stephen, can you t can you say again where you where it's uploaded? Well, in the e okay, so it's now in two places. Uh, it's, it's you know it's on YouTube in my YouTube channel. Um, there was a link directly to it in the email on YouTube. And uh, uh, yesterday, I also added it to my EFT video clips page on my EFTLive.com website. If you go there, it's like the third video on that page now. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, two different places you can find it. So, anyway, use it. You will like it. <laughs> I, I uh, encourage everybody to give that a shot. Okay, so we have another question. So is that good for you now, Sandra? Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay. And uh, Sandra, I'm sure, is not the only person with these feelings. So it's great that you, you know, uh, brought up that question. So person in Massachusetts, who is this? 
Hello? Hello? Yes, who's this? This is Claudia. Hey, Claudia. You Hi. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things that, come, that have come up. Um, so last week I had a lot of, like, grief. I had, you know, I lost someone in my ex-husband, soon-to-be ex-husband's family, and I had another family emergency. And so what it brought up for me was a lot of, like, is this ever going to, like, same sort of thing, like, is this ever going to work? Like, what's the point of it all? And I just felt like I backtracked so much. Yeah. Um, well, what came up for you when this, you know, member, your husband, ex-husband, well, seemed to be ex-husband's family died? It what came up for me was, like, I just felt so alone. Like, I've never yeah. experienced losing someone so close to me. Yeah. And and then, like, not feeling like I had his support at all. Like, I felt, like, abandoned. Abandoned, yeah. That's what I was yeah. guessing was came up for you. So yeah. use this as an opportunity to to do more deep healing around your abandonment in childhood. Mm-hmm. See, when something happens um, in our in our life, right, like this, somebody dies or something like that, um, it tends to... You know, we have our natural reaction to it. You know, your closest person, this person is important to you, and they died. So, of course, you know, there's that's a painful loss, and you're going to grieve. But in, on, in addition to just our natural reaction, it usually triggers our unhealed lo- wounds around loss and or abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so it brings it up very those unhealed uh, that those unhealed wounds very intensely, and it can feel like we're backtracking because because of that, right? But mm-hmm. really what it is is just stirring up that old pain and, you know, we just want to go with that when that happens. Because, um, you know, the abandonment wound is so universal. And yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's two very universal wounds that, and we all have one or the other and many of us have both. Actually, we all have both to some degree. Um, usually one really stands out of the two and the other one might be more subtle. but And that is the fear of abandonment and the fear of engulfment. Abandonment and what? Engulfment. Oh, yeah, okay. Instead of abandonment. So abandonment fears develop any time we experience any kind of abandoning energy by our parents or rejecting energy by our parents. Because there's, right, there's two ways. Abandonment is about separation, right? And there's two ways to separate. Either the parent leaves or they send you away. Right, they're both they're both separation. So fears of rejection, fears of abandonment are in the same category. So anybody who's experienced uh, any kind of abandonment growing up, or rejecting energy, and rejecting energy, we feel rejected any time a parent gets really angry at us. Anger has the energy of rejection, you know, unhealthy anger has the energy of rejection behind it, or if we feel judged or criticized, that is directly rejecting some part of us, right? Parents being critical or judgmental, they're they're saying this party is not okay and that's a, that's the energy of rejection. So that fear of abandonment and rejection uh is a gigantic module to fear that really can interfere with being with our ideal partner because it's one of these unfortunate paradoxes that the better the person is, the more ideal they are for us 
the higher the stakes feel so that our fear of abandonment and or rejection becomes that much more intense. We mm-hmm. feel that fear much less when we're interacting with somebody that we don't think is all that great because the stakes don't feel very high. So it's like, you know, if you meet, there's, if you meet your soulmate, that's when you'll feel the, feel the fear the most. Mm-hmm. But whatever healing you can do around that, that's the best module two thing you can do. Unless you're in the other group, which is the fear of engulfment group. Uh, the fear of engulfment group, which is mine, is the opposite. This is where uh, there was either too much closeness, like you had a parent who was clingy, needy, um, too much in your face, you know, no privacy, that kind of stuff, or you had a parent who was really controlling. Um, either way, you couldn't be yourself. Right? The fear of engulfment is about I can't be me in a relationship. Now, you can also feel like you can't be you if you have a fear of abandonment because people with a fear of abandonment will sometimes become people pleasers out of fear of losing the person. And again, you're not being yourself. But somebody with a fear of engulfment has a very different feeling about it. It's like, it's like I need people to keep their distance. Right? If you have a fear of abandonment and you're not being yourself, it's because you're trying to hold on. But the fear of engulfment is like, whoa, back off. You know, I like I need my space. I need my space. <laughs> you know, get away from me. So it's it's that kind of feeling. And there's this feeling that to be close means I I have to take care of you. I can't have space. I can't do my own thing. I can't be me. It's not okay to do what I want. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's the fear of engulfment side. And fear of engulfment, as you can tell, makes it hard to be close. Because it, mm-hmm. being close feels dangerous, right? It feels like it's I can't be me and be close at the same time. So um, you can and you can have both, right? You can have uh, one you tend to notice more, but when you look underneath, there's the other one. Like I didn't even know that I had a fear of abandonment until I met my wife to be, and that's when I finally got in touch with my fear of abandonment. <laughs> Right, because it's like okay now you know the stakes are super high. It's like you know I really want to be with this person. You know all my other girlfriends I kind of held them out off a bit at arm's length. Whereas her, it's like okay finally I'm ready to embrace this partner completely. You know my beloved Lauda. And now it's like oh my god I, you know, I don't want her to leave. So I finally got in touch with it. But I was glad. It's like well, glad I'm scared of losing her. <laughs> you know, it means it's a good thing. Yeah. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I definitely have a fear of abandonment and can't feel like I can be myself because I'm going to lose the person and then don't be myself, and that's not good either. Right. You yeah. know, being with our soulmate is, like I was talking about on a situation, you know, or, or just the situation of finding your partner at this point in the program, being with your soulmate is all about feeling free to be yourself, feeling courageous enough to be yourself. So, um, that's the biggest thing we want to heal in Module 2, is our fear of being ourself, essentially. I have another fear, too, and that theme in my relationships that's um, a lot about, like, there being a love triangle. Okay. So I always am nervous that my partner's going to like somebody better than me, and a lot of the times they'll have like secretly like friendships with other women that don't make me feel comfortable and 
uh, it happened in my marriage a lot, and then in past relationships too. Were, were you actually French- treated? Were you actually cheated on in these situations, or just <coughs> they had a female friend that felt uncomfortable? And my first boyfriend did a lot. Okay. My first boyfriend ever. That's all. He, that's he, that was our entire relationship. Is seeing you and, and cheating at the same time? Yeah. Okay. In your marriage, did he cheat or? I don't know. Okay. Did anybody cheat in your family growing up? Did anyone look? Did anybody cheat on anybody else? Your father, cheating your mother, or vice versa? I was never clear if she had already broken up with someone before she started seeing someone else. Uh, what do you suspect she, was the case? Huh? You said you were never, never clear about it, but what do you suspect? I suspect, yes, that my mom did cheat on some of her partners. Okay. And she so, always had this theme in her life where she would yell at her husband, who she was with, that they loved someone in their family more than they loved her and that she was secondary. Yeah. And it would cause them to break up. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, one of the one of the universal truths is that when we're afraid of something bad happening and we, uh, from a place of unconsciousness, you know, do something to try and prevent it from happening, we usually cause the thing we're afraid of. Yeah. Right. So that would be an example of that. Um, so yeah, that would be a place to do some healing. Then I would do do some healing on both your mom's cheating. Just as, if you suspect that she did, assume that she did, and use that okay. for healing. Okay. And and also that you know to whatever extent that she modeled her, she had an insecurity about you know loving somebody else better than her. Um, to whatever extent uh, you also felt that as a child, or just picking up on her energy, that would be another place to, to do some healing. Okay. Um, but the, I would start with abandonment. And, you know, you've okay. been triggered in a big way by this, the death of this person close to you. So just really go with that. Take it yeah. as an opportunity to go the deepest possible. But, if, yeah, anybody who can heal their fear of abandonment, that's, that's gigantic. That's huge. So, you know, it's really easy to just keep bop, jumping around. Say, well, I'll tap on this this time and that next time and something else. Yeah. This time. But uh, you really get better results if you focus on something and stick with it until you really feel like it's done. Or at least, you know, mostly done. I was doing so good and then all of these things hit me at once and I was like, darn, <laughs> now i got to work on stuff really deep. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay. And, you know, it doesn't take away from all the good stuff you did do. Just yeah. because you've I'm just joking, really triggered yeah. your... Yeah, I mean, it triggered your abandonment stuff and that's okay, but it doesn't mean all the other progress you made went away. It's still there. You're just very yeah. acutely in touch with your abandonment here. Yeah. Abandonment issue. And that's that's actually fine because it's important to heal that one. Oh, good. Thank you. And I'm sorry, and I am sorry for your loss, though. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, okay. Anybody else have any other questions? Star 8 or type in the chat box. Um, and the other option, okay, good, ah, good, a couple more questions. Okay, guest seven is what it says. What's, who is this? This is Beth. Hey, Beth. Hi, Stefan, how are you? Good. 
How you doing? Good. I'm well. Um, I didn't have a question. I just had a quick share I thought was um, worth sharing with everyone. Um, I told Yilin this, this on our call the other night, but um, this past weekend I had the opportunity to have dinner with my parents and we got into a conversation about my past relationships and crazy marriage and all that. And my mom looked over at me and said, well, have you come to any kind of understanding of, you know, maybe why you're dating, you know, picking the people you have? <laughs> and I haven't been very explicit with them about this program, but I said, well, actually, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I told them, and more specifically, I focused on my dad, and I said to him, I said, you know, you just had a really bad temper when I was little, and I'm very sensitive, and you scared the hell out of me. And um, then I also talked a little bit about being a workaholic and emotional unavailability. So, um, and they both, you know, they took it well. Oh. And it was just, just a great conversation, I think, to just kind of put it out there. So I wanted to share that. Yeah, and you just reminded me, you know, one thing we haven't really done is, is people sharing successes. So I, I'd like oh. to, yeah, I'd like to, to you know, uh, spend a little time on that, on this call. And, you know, I see uh, Susan's raised her hand for a question, which is great. Um, but I'd also encourage a couple people, a couple more people to share some successes they've been having. Of course, Anna has a, a great success here. But, you know, any kind of success, any, you know, any kind of growthful, you know, sort of triumphant experience like you just shared, like, like a, you know, kind of a breakthrough experience uh, or just some really cool thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's nice to, to hear some some good stuff that people are doing, their experiences are having. You want to share another one? Well, um, you know, in addition to that, I've been just speaking up more with them. Like I, at that conversation, I also told them some other things that had happened with a <clears throat> a family trip that you know I I didn't feel like my I was being respected, so I spoke up about that, and I said to them, you know, I usually just let things go, and I don't say anything, and then, you know, I kind of stew about it. So I am working on just stepping up and sharing what's going on for me. And they were both like, that's great. So it was really, yeah, it was really empowering. That's fantastic. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, you're speaking up for yourself. Whether they responded well or not, you were going to do it because Mm -hmm. you taking care of you and, and honoring yourself. And it's just kind of icing on the cake that they've been responding so well. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. All right. So let's see what Susan wanted to ask. Hey, Susan. Hey, Stefan. Hey, why don't you hear me? Before you ask your question, share success. Oh, okay. Well, actually, I don't have a question per se. I would like to tap, if that's possible. Um, but you're, you're wanting to volunteer as, as one of the people I worked with today? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Sure. yeah. Um, in terms of success, though, I guess I could say, well, it doesn't feel fabulous. Um, a lot has been coming up for me with what we've been doing, and these are things that I have known intellectually, but I'm now... Um, putting, um, being able to express them more fully and the emotions are really, really coming up. So I guess that's, 
I think that's success, even though it doesn't feel all that great. Well, it's that can be a huge success um, because one of uh, a lot of people's survival strategies, and, and I'm in that group, is that we take care of ourselves by blocking off our emotions. Yes. Right. So, and yeah. we analyze and figure things out and think things in our head. So we have we we have a very strong you know mental capacity, um, which you know serves us well in many ways. But when we're trying to heal, it, then it interferes in that situation. So one of the most important first steps is to sort of break through that coping strategy and get in touch with our feelings around it. Uh, because until we do, you, you can't really do any healing. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm a very heady person. I definitely yeah. go quickly to my head so I don't have to feel stuff. Exactly, right. And, yeah, I did the same thing for a long time. In fact, when I went to therapy, my therapist pointed out in our second session, he goes, so let me see, you're, you came to me because you want to find your, your soulmate, and do you want to be intimate with this person? And I said, yeah. He says, well, being intimate means sharing your feelings, and <laughs> you're not feeling your feelings, so should we include that in your work? <laughs> and, yeah, I think that makes yes. sense. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I'm happy that I now can feel my feelings, but I'm very... Uh, Empathetic with people who still struggle with that, so we'll we'll we will address that as we are doing our tapping today. Okay. Um, so I'm going to come back to you when we get to the tapping part of this call. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So we have another person sharing. Who is this? Hi. This is Nell. Hey, Nell. And like I, yes. Um. So it started out not so good where um, I had, uh, at work, I had not included somebody in the decision-making process, and this individual was very upset about it and sent me a very angry email. And and yet, as I read the email over a couple of times, instead of seeing a very angry person, I saw somebody with hurt feelings. Yeah. And... So I was able to kind of go into that nurturing parent, healed parent role and say, I'm so sorry that I left you out, and if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't do it that way, and I will be sure and contact you next time, and so on and so forth, along with the factual part of the email is here is what I thought was happening. And the two interesting things about that were, A, that I was able to go fully to that spot and just instead of just apologizing stiffly. And the other thing was that I felt so confident doing it. A lot of times in the past with emotional stuff like that, I just agonize over it and I don't know how far to go and it's just a huge thing. And this time it was just, okay, here's what I'm going to do. It's laid out. It's done. This person will accept it or not, but I'm good with where I am. Nice. So that was big. That is really big. That is super big. So you weren't getting intimidated by the anger anymore. And I think it's so wonderful that you were seeing that this was, you know, that there's really hurt underneath and uh, that you were able to, to, you know, really go into that nurturing parent place and to express yourself and, and, uh, it's just all of this. It just sounds so good. You know, that's going to make a huge difference when you're in your relationship. 
Because one of the things I like yeah, to say. I hope so. Well, it really will. Because one of the things I, I, I have mentioned before, is, but it's really worth mentioning again, and that is we don't want to just find our soulmate. We also want to have a healthy relationship with our soulmate. Because you can find your soulmate, yeah. and, you know, if you have too many unaddressed wounds and lack of any relationship skills, you know, this, it, the, even with your soulmate, the relationship can fall apart, you know, sadly. And so we want to address that. We want to, you know, have a good, healthy relationship with our soulmate, and that's also part of what we're doing in the program. And that's a wonderful example of that because, you know, you, that could have been your partner just as easily being mad at you and you going to a place of, oh, you know, he's hurt, and I can go into this nice, caring, loving place around it instead of feeling attacked and defensive and everything else. Yes, it was the defensiveness probably that I would have felt really strongly before, and I was able to set it aside pretty quickly. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That is so good. Yeah, it's cool hearing about people's successes. Cool. Uh, How about one more success, and then we're going to get into tapping stuff. So thank you for sharing that. All right, so who else would like to share a success? It doesn't have to be dramatic. It could be something you think is small. Hey, Jackie. Hello, Jackie. Hi. Sorry, there's a little delay. Um, Just a little one that I feel like getting in touch with my inner child has really made me be a better aunt, and I feel very, like, playful with my nieces, and I can just totally see a difference in the way I am with them. Like, I relate to them as a child, and I'm playing, and it's it's really fun. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's, uh, in addition to playing, it's also getting you more into your heart. For sure. Yeah. Which is and also funny. just recognizing, because one of the big things that attracted me to the program was your comment about being a better parent and just being so much more conscious of, like, how important I am to them and how important my time is to them and any time that, like, they need me to, you know, not abandon them, to, to pay attention to them, to make, like, if I'm there, to really be present with them. Yeah. Yeah, well, this program, you know, would definitely, you know, anybody who either is or will be a parent will definitely help with that. And I just want to um, encourage you to notice that this is a bigger thing than you may be aware of. So it's not just as for them, and which I think is great. You know, it's really nice that you're relating to them better. But in order for you to relate to them better, to be in your child and play with them, your heart is more open and, you're, and you are more open. And that's a really big deal. Uh, I'll spend some time thinking about that that angle of it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so congratulations! It's even better success than you realized. Thanks. Yeah, you're very welcome. That's great. Yay! All right. So, um, I guess we'll go ahead and get into tapping. So, uh, this is module two, and even though people aren't necessarily done with module one yet. On this call, we're working on Module 2 material. So what I'd like everybody to do, I'm about to work with Susan again, and I'll go ahead and unmute her in uh, preparation to work together. But I'd like everybody to do... It. Well, actually, Susan, are you going to be working on a fear or a limiting belief? Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of let you just 
decide how we uh, approach it because I'm going to talk about one of my mother's negative traits and how they realized it has manifested in my relationships, leading to the fear that um, this trait will continue in, that there aren't any men who don't have this trait. Okay. So if we were to state it as a fear, so some, yeah, sometimes a negative belief and a fear go together. Yeah. I have a belief and I'm afraid the belief is true, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. negative beliefs don't really have a lot of emotion associated with them. It just kind of feels true, and it's the only emo- the main emotion is just discouragement, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one can go either way, I guess. Yeah. So oh, uh, I... one of the things I wanted to mention, that we're gonna, we we may have time to do two tapping sessions in this call, but anybody who volunteers, we're because this is module two, we're going to be doing module two tapping. So. And what that means is this is a fear and or a limiting belief around being with your ideal partner. So yeah. that's, that's what everybody should be working on. And what I want everybody to do, presumably everybody has their list, and some of the people have been sharing in the Facebook group. I, I encourage everybody to share. I, I made a post in the Facebook group for everybody to share their list so we all know what everybody's working on and we can kind of just share it together. Um, but you should all have your list of fears and your list of negative beliefs, and everybody's going to pick one of them to tap along with for Ms. Susan. Um, so this particular tapping, it looks like it can go either way. So everybody just pick either your top fear or top negative belief, and we'll work with that. All right, so everybody's going to pick theirs. And so what's your situation, Susan? Okay. So what I realized is that in dealing with my mother is that I was never allowed to really be a child because she was the child. And so that so how that feels like it manifests for me is that, you know, I didn't get the, the support, the encouragement, the, the you know, the, the adult wisdom to help guide me. And part of the way that manifests, you can never talk to her about anything. I forget who just said they had this great conversation with their parents. My mother's 92, and we still can't have any of those, you know, conversations like she had. And so the way that has gone into my relationships is that the men have all, I can now see they've been more emotionally damaged than I have from their, you know, parental things. But I always had to be the stable one, and we couldn't have rational communication about anything. You know, I could never question any of their dicta. You know, they're always highly creative men. The creativity is something I value highly, but really super dysfunctional. and, And I'm so exhausted from having to be... The stable one. Okay, and so, Susan, can I interrupt yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is a really important thing to address, but unfortunately this is actually a Module 1 issue. Because this is okay. about your negative attraction pattern, that you're attracted yeah. to men like your mom who are the, the more messed up one, right? You said they're more emotionally damaged, and you have to yeah. take care of them, which is what you have to do with your mother. Yeah. So this is so I guess pure like Module here. 1 kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that they're 
my fear is that that's the way men are, and they're they're, or that I won't be able to find an emotionally mature man. I don't, I don't know exactly even how to articulate it. No, I understand what you're saying. The fear is, yeah. So what you grew up with is that your mom was the child you had to, on an emotional level, and you had to take care of her emotionally, and that, and you became, you know, drawn to men who were like that. Where again, you were the parental figure taking care of them emotionally, and you weren't allowed to be the child, or in this case, to have your emotions and needs and things like that. Yeah. And now you have a fear that all men are like that. Yeah. But that fear is going to go away when you heal this. It's okay. really a module one issue. Okay. So, so it's then a very valid maybe to work on, but we're in module to so the call we're in yeah. module two. So you, yeah. we, you can tap on something else. I'm not going to cut, kick you off. You can still be the tapper. But we need to pick something that's a module two fear belief. Um. So when you okay. did the ideal partner exercise, what was like the top thing that came up for you? Um, gosh, um, I I have this fear that I'll never, and maybe it's a heart chakra thing that I'll never be attracted to somebody again. Okay, we can work with that one. Okay. Okay, so you have a fear that you'll never be attracted to someone again, and. Uh, likely that there's others in the group who join you on that. Um, I would like to reframe it just a tad more generally so it'll apply even more okay. generally to people. So the where that comes from is uh, a sense of discouragement. Right? It's kind of yeah. like my love life has sucked for so long uh, I'm just afraid to even go there again. Yep, that's it. Right. Is that it? <laughs> that's yeah. it. So it's not simply being attracted. It's really more, it's even more, it's bigger than that in a sense. It's like I'm just so discouraged because my love yeah. life is so bad that I just, I mean, obviously there's a party that wants to go there. You, you signed up for this program, but the other party is like, oh, God, forget it. Just yeah, so I'm already crying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for the rest of you, if you already, if you share the very same one, then just, We'll just work on that one. And if you don't have that same one, pick one of your other ones. And when you pick it, start by imagining your ideal partner first, just because we want to re-stimulate the fear or limiting belief. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Susan, you're already in it, so you don't have to do anything for this part. But the rest of you, um, just take a moment and close your eyes and imagine your ideal partner. Uh in relation to the fear or limiting belief that you picked. You want to kind of re-trigger it. And once you've done that, write down a scale of 0 to 10 how strong it is today. I'll give you guys a minute to do that, and then we'll tap with Susan. So, note here. All right. Okay. So tap in your cry shot point, everybody. Repeat. Everybody, repeat along with Susan. 
even though my love life has been so sucky for so long. Even though my love life has been so sucky for so long. Um, then I'm afraid to even try again. And I'm afraid to even try again. To be attracted again. Be attracted again. And open to being with a new partner. And open to being with a new partner. And I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself anyway. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself anyway. Even though I am so discouraged by how bad my love life has been. Even though I'm so discouraged by how bad my love life has been. I'm afraid to even try again. I'm afraid to even try again. Afraid to try and be with a new person. Afraid to try and be with a new person. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. With kindness and compassion. With kindness and compassion. Good. So now tap in all the points. Um, my love life has been horrible for such a long time. My love life has just been so horrible for so long. And it's caused me so much pain. And it's caused me so much pain. I'm afraid to go there again. I'm really afraid to go there again. Because I dread experiencing that same pain yet again. I dread experiencing that same pain again. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know if I will survive. I don't know if I will survive. My my body might live on. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I said my body might live on. My body might live on. But my heart could be shattered. But my heart could be shattered. So I'm afraid to go there. And I'm really, really, really afraid to go there. I'm so afraid to go there. I am so afraid to go there. Of course I'm not going to be attracted. Of course I'm not going to be attracted. I was attracted to somebody. Attracted to somebody. There's a chance I can get involved with that person. A chance I can get involved with that person. Ah! Oh my God! Terrifying. <laughs> so terrifying. Terrifying. Been horrible for so long. Been so horrible for so long. And it's such a scary possibility. And it's such a scary possibility. Been bad so many times before. Been bad so many times before. Every time before. Every time, right. What makes me think it'd be any better in the future? What makes me think it could be any better in the future? I'm terrified to go there. I'm really terrified to go there. I am really, really, really terrified to go there. I am really, really terrified to go there. Such a scary prospect. Such a scary prospect. Such a scary prospect. Oh, so scary. Yeah. Bad, it's been bad every time before. It's been bad every time before. 
bad every time before. Every single time before it's been bad. Really afraid it'll be bad again. I'm so afraid it'll be bad again. All this fear. All the fear. All this fear. All this fear. But what if it could be different next time? Well, what if it could be different next time? Nah, for, that's not possible. Not possible. Not possible for me. Right. But what if it could be different? What if it could be different? After all, I've been doing all this healing work. After all, I've been doing all this healing work. Maybe it'll make a, a difference. Maybe it will make a difference. I'm afraid that it won't. I'm afraid that it won't. It'll still keep having the same experiences. Still keep having the same experiences. But what if it does help? What if it does help? It really helped Anna. Helped Anna? You met a guy really different from her past partners. You met a guy really different from her past partners. Yeah, but just because Anna had a success. <laughs> just because Anna had a success. Doesn't mean that I will. Doesn't mean that I will. In fact, this program will probably help everyone else in the group but me. In fact, the program will probably help everyone else in the group but me. That's just the way it is in my life. That's just the way it is in my life. Everybody else will have these big successes. Everybody else will have these big successes. They'll write all these glowing testimonials. They'll write all these wonderful, fabulous, glowing testimonials. And then there'll be me. And then there'll be me, the only failure in the group. I'll just kind of go crawling away with my tail between my legs. I'll go crawling away with my tail between my legs. And be one of the the failures. And be one of the failures. That's what I'm afraid of. And that's what I'm really, really afraid of. Afraid this won't work for me. I'm afraid it won't work. And then I'll just keep having the same bad experiences. I'll keep having the same bad experiences. Yeah, it's such a painful prospect. It's so painful. I had so many bad experiences. I had so many bad experiences. I'm afraid I'll keep having them. I'm afraid I'll keep having them. On the other hand... On the other hand... I have already made progress. Have already made progress in this program. In this program. I understand now the source of what went wrong. I understand now the source of what went wrong in all of my relationships. In all of my relationships. I was attracted to people with the most painful traits of my parents. I'm attracted to people with the most painful traits of my parents. No wonder I had so many painful relationships. No wonder I had so many painful relationships. Of course I had so many painful relationships. Of course I had so many painful relationships. How could I not? (laughs) Right. In fact, that's why we all have painful relationships. In fact, that's why we all have painful relationships. Because we're attracted to the most painful traits of our parents. Because we're attracted to the most painful traits of our parents. 
which is why it's so important to heal those wounds. Which is why it's so important to heal those wounds. They'll never be attracted to that kind of person again. They'll never be attracted to that kind of person again. I don't feel like I have, uh, I'm done healing those wounds yet. I don't feel like I'm done healing those wounds yet. But I have done a bunch of tapping on them. I have done a bunch of tapping on them. And I'm already noticing changes. And I am already already noticing changes. Is that true for you, Susan? You're noticing changes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I am already noticing changes. I am already noticing changes. Real honest-to-God changes. Real honest-to-God changes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe this shit does work. Maybe this shit does work. (laughs) (laughs) If I've noticed changes... If I've noticed changes... It means that it has been working. It means that it has been working. And if it's been working... And if it's been working then it's going to change the people I'm attracted to, or change who I'm attracted to, I mean. And it's going to change who I'm attracted to. And that makes all the difference. And that makes all the difference. I choose to embrace the reality. I choose to embrace the reality. That I have healed and grown already. That I've healed and grown already. And then I've got more healing and growth to look forward to. And that I do have more healing and growth to look forward to. And this will profoundly change who I'm attracted to. And this will profoundly change who I'm attracted to. As I heal the top two worst traits of my parents. As I heal the top two worst traits of my parents. I'll be never I will never be attracted to people like that again. I will never be attracted to people like that again. And that's going to eliminate the great majority of my pain. And that's going to eliminate the great majority of my pain in my relationships. My relationships. Because that was the source of the great majority of pain in my relationships. Because that was definitely the source of all that pain in my relationship. That's right. So I've got something new and different to look forward to. So I've got something new and different to look forward to. And that is not being with those kinds of people again. And that is not being with those kinds of people ever again. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Never again. Ever, ever again. Right. Never, ever again. Never, ever, ever, never again. (laughs) I like it. If I get only one thing out of this whole program. If I only get one thing out of this whole program. That would be huge. That would be huge. And I can look forward to that. And I am looking forward to that. That's right. I am looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that. Never being with those kind of people ever again. Never being with those kind of people again. Ever. Ever. That part of my life will be will be over. That part of my life is over, done, finished. Chapter closed. Chapter closed. 
And at that point, I will be in phase two dating. And at that point, I will be in phase two dating. <laughs> Which is a huge improvement over phase one. Which is a huge improvement over phase one. And then it's just about uh, releasing my fears and negative beliefs. And then it's just about releasing my fears and negative beliefs. Just enough. Enough. Just enough. Just enough. So I can be with a great partner. That I can be with a great partner. And then there's module four to look forward to. Oh, then there's module four to look forward to. And that is building up my self-love and self-appreciation. And that is building up my self-love and self-appreciation. And coming to recognize the wonderful gift that I am. Coming to recognize the wonderful gift that I am. And my partner will be looking forward to being with me. And my partner will be looking forward to being with me. My partner will be grateful for having found me. My partner will be grateful for having found me. Because I'm pretty damn awesome. Because I am really pretty damn awesome. That's what I have to look forward to. That's what I have to look forward to. Good good stuff ahead. Good stuff ahead. All right, so how are you feeling now? Take a deep breath, by the way. Everybody take a deep breath. Yeah, that much better. Feeling much better? Yeah. Good. So that sense, uh, we forgot to measure at the beginning. How strong was that sense of discouragement before we started tapping, and, and where does it now, would you say? Mm, Ten to six. Ten to six? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So um, go back and re-ta- you know, redo the tapping on this. And the easiest yeah. way to do that for everybody, by the way, is to download these audio files. Because if you download it to your computer, you can fast forward easily through the the first hour, right? Because we basically started uh, one hour. This tapping was an hour into the call. So just fast forward through the first hour. In fact, if you're using uh, you know, any kind of media player, you can just click right in the middle or click an hour into it. You don't even have to fast forward. You can even do better than that. Um, and just re-tap on the same thing we just did. And each time you do it, it'll get better and better. Yeah. Just like when we did that fear of rejection thing last week, you know, just keep re-tapping on it, um, and the fear of rejection will keep coming down. And for you, that'd be a good pair, right? Fear, this uh, discouragement thing, and then your fear of rejection thing. That'd be... See, the, the discouragement really comes from the Module 1 when we think about it, right? Our, our sucky, painful relationships was because of our Module 1 attractions. Um, so that's... Our discouragement comes from Module 1 material, and then our... Um, but that leads into module two, is that discouragement makes it hard for us to go forward. Um, and then the thing that slows us down after that is the fear of rejection. So it's a good pair to work with. Thank so you. everybody else, um, check back in with the thing you started with. You had original number. Imagine your ideal partner again. Tune into the fear or limiting belief again and see what the new number is. All right. So uh, thanks for volunteering, Susan. Thank you. That was, that was wonderful. So who would like to go next? We have enough time for another tapping session here. 
star eight to volunteer. We would like to tap on a module two, module two fear of being with your soulmate or limiting belief around being with your soulmate that you'd like to tap on today. Star eight for that. Ah, Gulaine, okay. Hey, Gulaine. Hello? Hello. Ah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't plan to to to, to, to tap, but uh, since nobody was raising their hand, I'm willing to. I know. To. I don't understand why nobody's raising their hand. It's a great opportunity. To yeah. <laughs> but Especially I did for the silver people. To give my, you know, but it's okay. Yeah. I just want to actually just remind all you silver people that this is, the best opportunity to work one on one with me, mm-hmm. by, you know, to do it now. Um, but uh, let's start with the success. Let's share a success. You've oh, so far. success! There are so many. Um, I the thing that come in mind is I did some tapping to clear, like um, with my daughter. Like um, I had this in mind, saying like, oh, I could tap on her to help her, like release whatever she took in from me being angry at her since she's born. And I already tap on her when she has stomach pain. So um, so I was like, oh, but I don't want to, you know, like I don't want to over, you know, like when she taps and she has stomach pain, at the moment she doesn't have stomach pain, she's like, okay, I'm done. Like she doesn't want to, she's not interested right. in going. So what's a, a personal success? I mean, I'm glad yeah. that you, you're helping your daughter. That's wonderful. Yeah, but I felt that it was more like for the connection and opened my heart with her, like doing this, tapping on every time I was angry at her. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm touched just thinking about it. Huh, okay. So the success for you is not so much just the helping her part, but how much more open your heart is with her. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's that's a great success. Yeah, oh. it's kind of like what Jackie was experiencing with her her uh, nieces and nephews and things. Exactly when she said that, it's, um, yeah, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, that's that's a really big deal because again, it means that your heart is being more open. Exactly, like like it's not easy to talk about like this moment when I lose it, <laughs> you know, with her and yeah. feel this connection and openness and. Be able to to be with her and not judge myself and uh, and just be there for her. So yeah, it's big for me. That is a really big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. So, you know, we we all tend to have a protect our heart right around relationships, even with our own children. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's usually our children is usually the easiest people in our lives to have an open or have a as open as we can have heart, right? It's like we're, we're most, I guess I'm going to say in other ways, we're, our heart is usually most open with our children as compared to anybody else. But even there, there's going to be a limitation around our own fears of intimacy and closeness. Yeah. So, you know, your first opportunity for you to notice the difference in your, in your openness in your heart is with your daughter. But it's not going to be limited to her. This is your heart becoming more and more open. So you'll mm-hmm. also start noticing that your heart is more open with your friends. And ultimately, yeah. 
with your partner. I do. I do notice that it's more open with my friends and I get message and connection with my friends that I never had before. Like my friends texting me like, oh, I'm so happy to have you in my life. Like we never, like my friend never texted me that before. So yeah, yeah. I feel more connected to them yeah. because yeah. I have an open heart conversation with them. So, yeah. That's fantastic. That's, that is mm-hmm. a wonderful success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really happy with this work. Yeah, excellent. All right, so what's a, a fear and or limiting belief around being with your ideal partner? Um, um, I, I have a lot. I just, uh, I'm thinking of um, which one I want to work on. Um, the Maybe the one of, I'm afraid of being controlled. Okay. So fear of being controlled. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine right. other people share that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mine. Mine was slightly different. Um, and I just want to say, say my difference in case <clears throat> it's the same for the people. So you'll you'll still be able to relate to it, uh, even if it won't seem exactly on target. Um, this can come across. This can happen two ways. The fear of being, contro- being controlled could come from having been controlled a lot by a controlling parent. That's the most obvious way it can happen. Or the other way, which is not quite the same, but it's uh, related fear, which is what I experienced, was that my mother was very needy, and uh, her feelings always took precedence over mine. So the place where I felt controlled was emotionally, and it's not that somebody forced me to do something, like a, a controlling parent, you know, a very authoritarian controlling parent like makes you do things and maybe uses their anger to intimidate you into doing things and stuff like that. But in, in my case, with a needy parent, it happened by um, her needs were just so intense that it felt like my needs didn't count, and I had to, and I had to just forget mine and take care of hers. So I, it was sort of a choice within me to give her precedence in a way, but I still felt controlled emotionally by her, the intensity of her needs. So it's, it still left me with a fear of being controlled in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to, anyway, this case anybody else has that. I'm thinking particularly of Lou there. But he may share that one, but other people may share that one as well. So how, where did your fear of control come from? Um, yeah, I, I mean, my, I had a needy mom too, but uh, it's more about my dad that was really, really, um, you know, like um, angry and controlling and like it has to be the way he wants it or his way or no way, <laughs> and put it that way. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So uh, zero to ten, how strong is this fear of being controlled? I would say seven. Seven, okay. So if you guys, for the rest of you, if you share the same fear, um, probably would work best to just use that same fear. Um, If you don't, pick a different fear. um, And everybody, you know, get in touch with it, reactivate it in the same way we did at the last one. Imagine your ideal partner, get in touch with the fear, rate it skills 0 to 10, and then we'll get going. 
give everybody a minute. So, um, Lou, I just saw that you, you had gotten dropped off the line. You just came back on. Uh, we're working on a fear of being controlled. And I was pointing out how that can happen by a parent being intimidating, which uh, was the case for Ghislaine. Her dad was an angry, controlling-type parent. But the fear of being controlled can also be a more indirect one coming from a very needy parent, where their neediness takes precedence over our own needs. And so we defer to their needs, you know. We and we're, we're sort of controlling ourselves in a way, but um, the fear of being controlled kind of can still shows up that way. Anyway, I'm just encouraging people to either pick up fear of being controlled, similar to Ghislaine's or the needy parent version, or just pick something else. Okay, so we're going to do some tapping on this. Um, so, everybody tap on your crouch up point and repeat along with Ghislaine. Even, and I'm going to use strong language. Even though I'm terrified of being controlled in my future relationship. Even though I'm terrified of being controlled in my future relationship. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. Even though I'm terrified of being controlled again in my future relationship. And I'm terrified of being controlled again in my future relationship. And that makes it hard to go there. That makes it hard to go there. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. With kindness and compassion. With kindness and compassion. Okay, good. So tapping all the points. My father was an angry, controlling parent. My father was an angry, controlling parent. My parent got angry at me a lot. My parent got angry at me a lot. And controlled me a lot. And controlled me a lot. It was my parent's way or the highway. It was my parent's way or my or the highway. I wasn't allowed to do my, what I wanted. I was not allowed to do what I wanted. It was not okay for me to be different. It was not okay for me to be different. It was not okay for me to do what I wanted to do. It was not okay for me to do what I wanted to do. Because my parent would either get angry and punish me. Because my parent would either be angry and punish me. Or my parent would look really hurt and I'd feel terrible about myself. Or my parent will look t- uh, very hurt and I would feel terrible about, about myself. I would feel like a terrible child. I'd feel like a terrible child. Hurting my parent badly. Hurting my parent badly. So it was never okay to be myself. It was never okay to be myself. It was so... My parent was so scary. My parent was so scary. My parent's anger was so scary. 
My parent anger was so scary. I had to do what my parent wanted. I had to do what my parent wanted. My parents' needs took precedence. My parents' needs took precedence. I had to take care of my parents. I had to take care of my parents. What I wanted didn't matter. 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 Couldn't do what I wanted. Couldn't do what I wanted. I'm afraid of happening that of that happening again. I'm afraid that happening again. I'm so afraid of that happening again. I'm so afraid that happened again. Of being controlled. Being controlled. Not being able to do what I want. Not being able to do what I want. Not being able to be me. Not being able to be me. Having to only do what my partner wants. Having to do only what my par- my partner wants. I'm so afraid of that possibility. So afraid of that possibility. And that sense, and that fear makes sense. And that fear makes sense. Because that's what I grew up with. Because that's what I grew up with. I was not allowed to be me. I was not allowed to be me. Not okay to do what I wanted to do. Not okay to do what I wanted to do. And you know what? And you know what? That wasn't okay. That was not okay. Not okay that my parent controlled me. Not okay that my parents controlled me. I want everybody to look at your parent right now, the controlling parent or the needy parent, and tell that parent, it's not okay that I couldn't be me. Not okay that I couldn't be me. Not okay that you controlled me all the time. Not okay that you controlled me all the time. Not okay that I couldn't be me. Not okay. Not okay. What? <laughs> that I couldn't be me. Not okay that I couldn't be me. It is not okay that I could not be me. It is not okay that I couldn't be me. What you did was not okay. What you did was not okay. And I am grown up now. I'm grown up now. And I'm going to be me. And I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I want to do. going to do what I want to do. Because what I want counts. And what? Because what I want counts. Because what I want counts. Because my needs are important. Because my needs are important. They're just important as anybody else's. Just as important as anybody else's. And I'm done being afraid of you, parent. And I'm done being afraid of you. Mom, dad, whoever it is. Dad. Right. I'm I'm done being afraid of you, dad. And I'm done being afraid of you, dad. I'm done being afraid of you, mom. I'm done being afraid of you, mom. And I'm done taking care of you. And I'm done taking care of you. At the expense of myself. At the expense of myself. I'm done with that shit. I'm done with that shit.
I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm not going to be attracted to those kind of people anymore. And I'm not going to be attracted to those kind of people anymore. I choose to be me. I choose to be me. I choose to stand up for myself. I choose to stand up for myself. I choose to courageously stand up for myself. I choose to courageously stand up for myself. I choose to courageously be me and do what's right for me. I choose to courageously be me and choose what is right for me. And do what is right for me. And do what is right for me. I choose to have the courage to be myself. I choose to have the courage to be myself. Even though I had bad reactions with my parents. Even though I had bad reaction with my parents. And that makes me afraid that I'll get a bad reaction from my partner. That made me afraid of having a bad reaction from my partner. I choose to face my fear. I choose to face my fear. I choose to tap on my fear. I choose to tap on my fear. And I choose to be myself courageously. And I choose to be myself courageously. And if my partner reacts badly to me being me. And if my partner reacts badly of me being me. They don't love all of who I am. Then they don't don't love all of who I am. And then they're not the right partner for me. And they're not the right partner for me. I choose to let this be information rather than scary. I choose to be that information. um, I'll say it again. (laughs) I choose to do what's right for me. I choose to do what's right for me. And let my partner's reaction be information. And let my part let be my partner's reaction be information. You're adding extra words that's not there. <laughs> and let my partner's reaction be and information. And let my partner's reaction be an information. Instead of being scary. Instead of being scary. If my partner reacts well. If my partner's reacts well. Then we're well matched. And we're well matched. If my partner reacts badly. If my partner reacts badly. Then we're not a good match. Then we're not a good match. And I'd rather find that out sooner rather than later. And I prefer to find that sooner rather than later. So I choose to be me. So I choose to be me. So I can find out if we're a good match or not. I can find out if we're a good match or not. And if we're not a good match, then I want, I want, and I'm done. We're not a good match, then I'm done. I'm glad to find out sooner rather than later. I'm, I'm uh, happy to find it sooner than, rather than later. <laughs> right. So I choose to be the to have courage and be myself. So I choose to have courage and be myself. So I can find out if we're a good match. Okay, find out if we're a good match. How does that feel? Feels good. That feels good? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what your number was at the beginning. What did you say it was? Your fear uh, was old? I said a seven. A seven? And what is it now? Mm, I would say maybe a three. All right, cool. So everybody take a deep belly breath and check in uh, with yours. You know, think of your ideal partner again. Check in with your fear or limiting belief again and see what the new number is. And write it down. And remember again, these these sort of shorter tapping things are not designed to take care of it from whatever high number to zero, but you can keep repeating the tapping and get lower and lower and lower. Uh, sometimes, if you're if you're not making progress by tapping on the recording a few times, that means you really have to go back to the original memory and do some really deep healing there. Um, and sometimes that's really necessary, and that's okay. And other times, you know, you can just do just repeat this tapping process we just did, and you'll get all the way down to zero, and it'll be done. And again, I'll remind you guys, uh, the choices method is a great way to do this as well. I, I try and sneak in a little bit of choosing in there, it's sort of inspired by the choices method, but that's not actually it. Um, just out of curiosity, Gilane, do you know the choices method, or did you use it? Or see or watch the video at least. No, I uh, I don't. I didn't see this email. Like when you were talking about it, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the other problem is that emails are not completely reliable. Maybe I'll resend that email then. I'm you know, I'm glad to find that out. Uh, yeah, choices method is a really great technique. So again, I encourage everybody to to watch that video and learn the technique. All right. Well, thank you very much for volunteering. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right. So we don't have time to do a second, a third tapping session, but if anybody has any uh, questions or comments or wants the opportunity to share a success or anything like that, you know, go ahead and press star eight to uh, to share, and then uh, and then we'll go ahead and end our call for the week. Anybody? Now, here's the thing. If you tapped on something and it didn't seem to help at all, um, raise your hand and we can talk about it for a minute and I can kind of point you in the right direction to help clear it up. So if you felt like you didn't get any good results from what we did today, let me know and we can, we can talk about it. Or if you enjoy sharing a success, that would be great too. Or a question. Star eight, raise your hand. Okay, we have somebody. Um, Northwest California. Is this Sandra again? Hello? Hello? I unmuted you. If you muted your phone, you need to unmute your phone. Hello? Ah, there you are. Who Hi, are you? this is this is Sandra. Hey, Sandra, okay. Hi, I did want to share something, um, and I wanted to share that I have noticed that I've been calmer uh, with my son and less angry, and, and I realized when I, when I start to escalate with the anger or I feel it coming on, I'm 
I'm starting to notice that I've calmed down or I'm just calm, more calm. So I, I do attribute that to the program. I really think that that has changed already. Yay. Isn't it interesting how when we do a bunch of anger work, we become less angry in our lives? Yes. <laughs> Seems almost paradoxical, but it's it's exactly it. There's this phenomenon, just a quick teaching moment, there's this phenomenon called displaced anger. And what that means is that when we're angry at somebody from our past, um, and it's a person we couldn't could not express our anger to, then we're sitting on this backlog of anger, and then it gets displaced onto other people, kind of spills out onto other people. Either that we get angry when we don't, you know, in an unjustified way, like I get angry when I shouldn't even be getting angry, or we get angrier than the situation deserves. Both of those are examples of displ- displaced anger. So as we get into our anger at people around, from the past, right, from our parents or whoever, you know, we're angry at, we notice that, wow, we're walking around a lot less angry. And we get we recover from anger quicker. We're, when we do get angry, it's not as intense, you know, stuff like that. So cool. That's That's a great outcome. And I also noticed that I've been able to say to him when I when I see myself getting angry and it's coming out, I'm able to say to him, which I know you've said several times on calls, it's not about you. I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the behavior. So I've been able to say that right away. And the other day he actually repeated it to me, which was good. Um, he said, oh, you're not angry at me. You're angry at the behavior. And I yes. said, right, sweetie. I, I, you know, I'm angry that you're, you know, you're not, you're not listening. The, the not listening behavior is what I'm angry about because I, I would like for you to listen. I'm not angry at you. So right, I still love you. I love you, and and that behavior is not okay with me, basically. Right. Yeah. Good. That's wonderful. So it's it's really great to write these things down. You know, it's, it's kind of it's cool to share it on the call and and write all these down because it's particularly if, you know, I know Sandra, you, you know, were feeling discouraged about, you know, is this program really working for me and stuff like that. The more of these kinds of things you're noticing you write down, the more it reinforces your feeling that, oh, actually, yeah, it is working for me. I I am noticing changes. So that would be uh, really helpful for you and encourage other people to do it too. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, so we have uh, Southern Alberta. Who is this? Hi. Hi. This is, is Jackie McLeod. Hey, Jackie. I just wanted to say that when I did the tapping about the fear of being attracted to the same person with, you know, all their issues and everything and and not wanting to go there again, I went from feeling like, feeling really emotional about it and having a lot of tears being released to the point where I was excited that I was that I could actually meet someone that didn't have all that crap that I'm used to. <laughs> Yay! Felt empowering. So that's awesome because I have I don't often experience a really quick um, um, shift, but uh-huh. I really felt that. Yeah, that's so wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. That's the thing about module two is that module two there's usually more to work on, but the shifts are quicker. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Module one is usually, you know, often it's really only two negative traits that are the ones that have been plaguing you most of your life in your rela- adult relationships, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, but it can take quite a while to like really heal those two. So the going can feel slow. It's like, oh man, I got to do like three, four, five memories of, of each trait and really heal them well and stuff like that before I finally break out of that pattern. But the uh, whereas module two, we list we have this long list of fears, long list of negative beliefs. So it feels kind of overwhelming. Oh my god, look how long these lists are. Um, but each one tends to shift a lot quicker. So that's cool. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is that you don't need to heal them all. You know, the list can seem intimidating to how long they are, but if you prioritize them at the biggest ones first, you'll find usually after you clear about the top five each, top five fears, top five limiting beliefs, that often is sufficient um, and uh, to be done with module two or to be done with phase two of your dating life or whatever. So anyway, that's great. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yes, it is exciting. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, go ahead. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and I want to unmute everybody. Okay, everybody, you're all unmuted. And so we're at the end of the call, and I just want to say goodbye to everybody. It's just fun to have everybody say goodbye so we can feel that we're all on the call together. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. Bye, <laughs> bye everybody. Bye. 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 Okay. See you all next week. Take care, okay, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.